0: This is George Newbern, the voice of Superman. This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. And you're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam. Streaming at DCAUReview.com and on your favorite podcast app. Destroy Superman and the Justice League. butts, right? Let's get this over with. I would enjoy this. Too much curiosity can be dangerous. Maybe I like danger. Gotta stop it before it's too late. Stay down. Give
1: me strength.
0: Let's move. Justice League.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to episode 189 of the DCAU review. I am Liam, with me as he always is, is Cal. Cal, this is our final regular episode of 2021, and uh, we have a pretty special one all month long. We've been celebrating 20 years of the original Justice League cartoon. Uh, which debuted, of course, at the end of November in uh, 2001. And uh, along with a couple of regular episode reviews over the last few weeks, we decided to bring back a concept that you really spearheaded uh, for for our show earlier this year. And we thought we'd take another crack at it with a different character. It is another one of our character spotlight episodes. And uh, this this time we have uh, a little bit more to talk about as far as like total appearances, because we aren't talking about a a villain that was contained to a single season of a show, but in fact, this is going to be volume one of us chatting about and putting the spotlight on the character of Shaira Hall, aka Hawkgirl.
0: That's right. As chosen by the fans of and the listeners here mm-hmm. of uh, of the DCAU review, uh, she narrowly beat out. I believe John Stewart came in second. Uh, so the, that we gave the people what they wanted. We, you know, we are a democracy here, uh, and and we decided, hey, we're going to give the people exactly what they want to finish out. It's a little Christmas present. You know, you ask Santa for something, <laughs> he provides you with said gift. So the, the fans asked for a lovely episode spotlighting Hawkgirl and wouldn't you know it, we are here to deliver it to them so very excited to shine this on uh, the spotlight on her today, uh, as you mentioned last week and then uh, briefly. She has a lot of content. So our first spotlight episode was on the villainous Blight, who, of course, was a season one only Batman Beyond villain. So mm-hmm. uh, far less content to, to cover and, uh, and, and things to talk about then than we have today, because Shaira Hall is one of uh, the seven original Justice League members, obviously, featured in the, the very first episode of the Justice League all the way up through season two. And then, of course, making her return later on after the starcrossed uh, event so we won't even be talking we have so much content to talk about today with with Hawk Girl from season one that uh, we're not going to draw this out and make this like a two and a half hour podcast we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna name this volume one of the spotlight on Hawk Girl and uh, and we will revisit her sometime in the uh, the not too distant future probably for a, a second spotlight episode should that opportunity arise So I'm very excited to talk to you about her today because she is she she's one of those characters and it's interesting because i think you and i i remember when we first saw secret origins obviously her first appearance in the dcau comes from uh secret origins we weren't too familiar with her in fact we were kind of like scratching our heads you look at the the roster you have Batman, you have Superman, you have Wonder Woman, of course. You got the Trinity. You have uh,
1: A listers.
0: Yeah. You have you have a Green Lantern. So it wasn't the Green Lantern that we were introduced to prior in Superman the Animated Series, but Green Lantern is is pretty universally known. And you know, we we being fans of the Green Lantern core itself growing up, we were familiar with John Stewart as a character. So that wasn't that wasn't too alien to us. Then you have Martian Manhunter again. Uh, a concept a, a character that we were somewhat familiar with uh, just from from reading comics and seeing comic covers but then you have uh and you have the flash of course who also had appeared in the dcau prior so again all these a-listers and then rounding out your order you have hawk girl not hawk man mm-hmm. who is traditionally maybe more of a, a member of the justice league but here you have hawk girl mm-hmm. and uh and it's interesting so it Going back, she actually debuted at the same time as Hawkman way back in issue number 34 of The Brave and the Bold, which is interesting. We just talked about that comic and how that was a comic that was used to introduce a lot of the characters that are now. Uh, you know, deep, the deep roster of the DC heroes. Uh, So she was a character created by uh, Gardner Fox and Joe Kubert. And uh, so this is a character who, if you're familiar with Hawkman, you're just kind of like, oh, it's, it's Hawkman's sidekick, or it's Hawkman's girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, she's, she's just kind of like Hawkman, but a girl. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think that was my first, I like My first interaction or just realization of this character in the DCAU was like, man, that seems like a very strange pick. I, I, I don't understand why they went with this character. But of course, uh, my opinion would, would be changed later on as, as they really gave her a, a, a huge storyline uh, to follow throughout all the Justice Leagues and then through Justice League Unlimited as well.
1: Yeah I think that's definitely probably a safe bet with a lot of us especially you know we, we've talked about in the past a lot of our comic book and and superhero knowledge came from these cartoons and like the tie-in materials and there was a sort of uh tangential DCAU tie-in book called Adventures in the DC Universe which we read uh growing up that had a few more uh obscure characters in the uh in the dcau style but i don't believe hawkman and hawk girl were ever really featured so i am sure we knew that she was a thing but it's certainly not a character if you're picking the uh you know who's going to be the the seventh member of this this all-star team that is the justice league yeah you might think aquaman you might think the atom you might think Hawkman, as you said you might think uh you know, maybe even just like another you know another hero that we had met before, like a Dr. Fate or somebody like that. But instead, they chose Hawkgirl. And while she may not have come into the show, as you said, cal, as a as a heady hitter and a lister, I think by the time all is said and done, uh, she she was, I think, one of the kind of standout and and most favorite characters of uh, of the Justice League and even when it expanded into JLU because of the uh, the very deep and rich character arc that they gave her uh, of course as you mentioned cal she kicked off her appearances in uh secret origins parts two and three we uh, we don't get a lot about her here but we do have her first appearance as she uh shows up along with green lantern wonder woman and the flash to help save batman and the martian manhunter and superman from an ambush from these invading aliens <laughs> happened? Help has arrived. <laughs> girl what's she doing here? It's established that she's already been around. Batman's already sort of aware of who she is. And uh, we also get our first mention of Thanagar in that episode as she sort of paired off with Superman to try to attack one of these alien strongholds. Stay back. Ah! Ah!
0: What? There's a time for words and a time for action. They're close by. I can almost smell them. Are you always so eager to fight? My home, Thanagar, is a warlike world. There, one must strike first or die.
1: But not not a lot of character for her in the uh, in the first episode. But they they obviously very quickly establish her motif. Her you get the visuals of Hawkgirl immediately as she sort of swoops in. Uh, the we get we see this giant shadow with wings sort of casting casting a giant shadow over green lantern as she flies in to attack one of the ships in uh, in secret origins part two and even though we don't get much from her character in these first episodes they very much quickly establish that she is a a true warrior through and through
0: yes and that of course would be probably her defining trait for her time throughout justice league uh, at least for the first two seasons all the way up to the final episode because there would be a, a different trait as we, t- we uh, are not covering today but at least for season one and mm-hmm. I think for for most of season two her her character trait of course would be that she was uh less talking more punching you know she wants punch first <laughs> ask questions later a very headstrong very uh war minded I would say like attack mm-hmm. uh, attack minded and uh and that would be that would be kind of what she was defined as, and 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 would be certainly a an aid to her uh, throughout her story arc. Uh, but it was interesting because, as you mentioned, I think by the end of of the series, especially in these first episodes, the writers did a great job of laying the groundwork of this character as being extremely one dimensional. It's she's a fighter, she's a warrior, she's a you know she's battle hardened, which is sp- Uh, I guess a slight deviation from her origin in the comics she was there have been dozens of Hawkman and Hawkgirl uh, in in, uh, (laughs) backstories that we would take up probably multiple podcasts to go into if we were talking but in the comics her original appearance she and Hawkman were space cops essentially from Thanagar and uh, and and they worked together, and the the costumes they wore were simply their their police uniforms, as we learned uh, from <laughs> from that first first issue uh, from 1961 of Brave and the Bold number 34. But you know those stories, those backstories of them being you know star-crossed lovers, being you know ancient that just keep getting uh that keep getting reincarnated that also would be brought in later but what we know about her from the get-go here especially from secret origins is she is a warrior she fights hard and she's going to battle hard to defend uh the people that she cares about and that would be that would take on further dimension as we go on through season one. And she was able to, we start getting this pairing and sort of the, the initial threads of the Hawk lantern storyline, which I guess technically you could say uh, started, I guess technically started in the episode in Placus night where, you know, of course, uh, Jon Stewart is put on trial for the apparent destruction of this planet And uh, she goes and ends up fighting um, a part of the Green Lantern Corps and has uh, butts heads with quite a few of them for seemingly, uh, you know, being dishonoring of John and not standing by him.
1: Waiter, another round.
0: Why aren't you at the trial? We couldn't stand it anymore. John Stewart's made us all look bad. So much for the vaunted loyalty of the Lantern Corps. And don't get so high and mighty, lady. If you're smart, you'll stay away from him, too. Otherwise, you'll wind up reeking of his stench yourself. Cowards! My friends, please! No weapons! No weapons! You think I need this mace to take you down? <laughs> uh... And, uh, ends up saving saving Superman and and john both from from kanjarro another you know uh, classic justice League villain there so uh, we get on very very early on they didn't take too long to establish that there was going to be some some paths crossing with with John Stewart here but of course we wouldn't wouldn't get all that fleshed out until well well into season one but it was the the breadcrumbs are there the trail is is starting there and that that episode is a fun one because again you get to see Hawkgirl fight members of the Green Lantern Corps and really hold her own <laughs> it's a it's a really fun
1: environment to that episode being sort of this this dramatic trial and there's themes of you know power and being you being held accountable and all this stuff and and the backdrop to it being that even you know Jon Stewart is being on is being uh, you know accused of of all of these heinous acts and even his own, you know, brothers in arms in the Green Lantern Corps don't believe in him, believe that he's guilty. And, and Hawkgirl sort of takes up for, for him and, and, and sort of, uh, of course, as you, as you mentioned, it, it leads to fisticuffs, uh, in, in a bar sort of something that you could have imagined from, from Star Wars or something as a, you know, an alien bar where, uh, some, uh, so a wild brawl breaks out and Hawkgirl gets the better of Gallius and Arcus Chumak and some of the other uh, Green Lanterns there. But yeah, it's, it, it, again, it, it's more of kind of a fun, a fun B plot as is her sort of following, uh, following Kanjar Ro and sort of helping to, uh, to uh, reveal the deception that allows John to go free as, as that episode goes on. But she, yeah, she gets a few uh, nice moments there to, uh, to sort of build on, on, what uh, on what her her character traits begin to uh, begin to be, and we kind of see that furthered a little bit a few episodes down the line in War World parts one and two, which we won't go into great depth here because we just earlier this month covered that episode. Um, but as mentioned, Cal, this is kind of the next chapter and sort of the real strong beginnings of the, the Green Lantern and, and Hawkgirl pairing as uh, you know, Superman and Martian Manhunter are lost in space and, uh, and, and Green Lantern and Hawkgirl go off to find them. And they're sort of constantly butting heads and arguing. And, and you, you sort of see the things that while it's, it's not clear necessarily where it's going this early in the series, it's very clear they were paired up, and that they're they're sort of showing the uh, the sparks flying, so to speak. the 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 passion is there, even if the uh, the romantic feelings haven't exactly followed just yet. But uh, as uh, as I said, we...
0: yeah, it's it's a very honestly, it's a very it's it's. It's echoing sort of the same path that if you're a Star Wars fan, that Princess Leia and Han Solo follow, where they can't stand each other at the beginning, they're constantly butting heads, they disagree with each other on every motive of how how they're going to do things. John can't can't stand her headstrong and and you know, her willingness or her, her her being headstrong and willingness to just kind of barge in through everything without a plan and she can't stand that he has to plan things out meticulously and think it's the odd couple thing uh, except they end up falling in love instead of just being- <laughs> so uh, it's yeah it it It's that episode, like you said, we just covered it this month, but, and you can check it out if you missed it uh, in the archives at dcaureview.com as uh, well as Secret Origins and in Blackest Night as well. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's, it's laying the groundwork for these two just butting heads only for them to realize that they're actually, while they may differ on their strategies, they, they kind of have a little bit in common.
1: Absolutely. And, uh, and that kind of pushes us forward towards a little bit later in season one, where uh, she she finally starts to get a little bit more shine, uh, probably, uh, she gets a little bit to, more to do in the episode Fury, which we actually have not covered yet Fury parts one and two, which involves a rogue Amazon unleashing a up- unleashing a poison on the world that only affects men. So all of the male justice leaders have, uh, have taken ill and, and Hawkgirl and Wonder Woman are kind of faced with uh, stopping this poison from being unleashed on the entire world. So she gets a little bit more dude to there, but uh, once again, not surprisingly, perhaps uh, her next, I think, really big character, more meaty character moment comes in uh Probably at least of season one, your favorite episode of Justice League, Cal, that being Legends parts one and two.
0: Yeah, that's, a, that's that's one that's near and dear to my heart. I love that episode for so many reasons. Um, but, you know, she, she really gets to show her softer, caring side in this episode, especially because this is such a, an episode that revolves around Green Lantern meeting his heroes. John meets the literal mm-hmm. heroes that he had when he was growing up, that he read in his comic books. He meets them in person. He's kind of in all of them. And he's actually fighting alongside of them. And then, of course, at the end of part one, uh, Shaira actually, Hawkgirl is the one to discover these these graves on the outskirts of this town. And unfortunately, has to has to break the news uh, to, as, or she and John sort of discover together that the graves are there and that you know what this means for the people that they actually have been fighting alongside. And and at the end, you know, when when the the heroes of Seaboard City ultimately make the sacrifice of allowing their existence to to cease in order to save the Justice League, um, they they she has to be the one there to comfort him afterwards, um, as as he's sort of just sitting there mourning the loss of even though these these people weren't real, even though they were just figments of this this villainous. Uh, imagination and projection it's it still felt real to him it was it was a real moment where he was confronting heroes from his childhood and ultimately had to watch them sacrifice themselves where's GL are you okay it's stupid really why should I feel like this I mean they weren't even real they gave their lives for us that's real enough for me Um, it's a roller coaster of a ride he does a lot of investigating with shaira in that episode Uh, they go to the library and kind of discover what ultimately happened to seaboard city that whole episode is Beautifully written and just you know is is one of my favorites. Uh <laughs> I'm pretty sure I gave that one a perfect score. Uh you can check that out in the archives at dcaureview.com as well. But uh yeah, that's where we really get the first kind of example of Shaira showing her softer side and showing that mm-hmm. she's no longer just a teammate of Jon Stewart's she cares about him she sees his vulnerability his vulnerable side and she lets her guard down a little bit in order to to show care for him and to and to really console him through this loss
1: yeah I think I think that episode is is great for because as you said obviously it's it's first and foremost story for for Green Lantern but it is there is uh, there's there's a lot of depth for Shair and they're right at the start when they arrive in this sort of you know, idyllic uh, sort of parody of a of a 1950s or 1940s comic. Where uh, you know Black Siren is asking Hawkgirl Girl to help her make cookies for, for the the male heroes and all this sort of silly stuff, where she gets to be uh, show a little bit more comedic side with, with her in the Flash in that episode. But then, yes, as as you've sort of gone over the the really big emotional beats, the one of her discovering the graves, and then her going on the investigation and then breaking through the brick wall and, and then going down to the subway and seeing that this, this, that the, this war turn earth that's sort of just underneath the surface of this fake world that they're living in. And then, yes, that, that moment is at the end when, when she just puts, puts her arm around him and, and tells him that, you know, they gave, they gave their lives for us and that's real enough for me. And they just sort of sit there. It's just, it's a really wonderful moment of, of her just be, like, Validating uh, his his emotional you know his emotional baggage that he's now faced with and sort of am letting him know that he's not alone in that moment. I think it's just a wonderful moment for her as a character.
0: Yeah, it adds, again, it adds adds an additional dimension to the character. Suddenly she's not just the headstrong warrior that goes into every battle and has to, you know, has to fight first and Mm -hmm. it has to be held back by the other leaguers. No, now she's the one that actually gets to show emotion and she gets to, you know, uh, know, she gets to actually, uh, you know, be the one to console him and certainly talk about, uh, you know, his his feelings and be there for him and show care and love so it's another dimension to the character and we'll talk about it you know once we get through these appearances but the performances um by you know maria canals continues just to get better you know it starts starts out Mm -hmm. and some of these moments are the ones where she really ends up shining and i i think that scene in particular at the end uh where she's consoling john is is a standout for for her for sure
1: Absolutely, and moving on there, her next kind of big moment—or not a huge moment—but she does have a, a little bit of a moment, as we talked about just last week in *Metamorphosis* parts one and two. Really, in part one, she uh, once again paired off with with John Stewart, as uh, we're beginning to set the se- theme here. As we're as we get into that later later part of season one. As, uh, yes, yeah, she is sort of once again uh, there for John as he's sort of wondering about the road less traveled. Obviously, we just covered that last week, so we don't need to go and do it quite too in-depth here. But once again, sort of uh, her being there for, for John. And, and that really sets the stage for the, the season one finale, the three-part epic, that being the Savage Time. And uh, not only does she have s- some big emotional beats involving... Uh, John and and him sort of being left behind his ring runs out of power so he's forced to kind of go it alone behind enemy lines as it were but she's also faced not just with that she's also has sort of a a really dramatic confrontation with the Flash over her over her decision to sort of rescue the the non-superpowered soldiers that were in danger rather than go back for John and it's a really interesting moment where she sort of maybe gives flash a little bit of an education about war where's
0: gl his ring went out he's stranded back there and you just left him i had no choice these men needed medical attention don't you even care what happens to him of course i do but i'm going back flash yeah. And that's, that's a tough conversation that they have. That's one where the flash is not having any of it. He doesn't believe in leaving a man behind regardless of the reason. And, the ironically, the conversation is between John Stewart, a former soldier, a former marine that understands what their what their goal is, you know, what ultimately mm-hmm. they're looking to accomplish here, and that's saving the innocent lives. So he understands, just like he witnessed back in legends, seeing his his hero' sacrifice for the good, the better good, the good of, of the many he's willing to sacrifice himself you know to save additional lives and you know i it my mind sort of like freaks out trying to think about how somebody from present day saving somebody from the past could affect you know could affect, <laughs> could affect the future but regardless it speaks a lot to john's character and the fact that shaira she does hesitate initially but then follows through with it and and does what john says and that's I think there's a connection there that is subtle. And again, we see it later on the, the conflict that occurs between Flash and Hawk Girl, and her trying to explain that John was a soldier and that he knew the risks, he knew what he was doing and understanding what, what happens in war and what you do, you know, the, that the ultimate goal takes precedence over everything, uh, over individual lives. And it's hard for mm-hmm. Flash to kind of comprehend this coming from his background and what he, you know, what his experiences are. So it's another deepening of that relationship between Shaira and John, where we get to learn more about Shira's not only her understanding of who she is as a character, again, this whole idea of war-torn Earth, her supposedly having been a character that has been you know there's experienced war on her own planet you know there's this backstory that that she has that there's a you know there's a war there she can't get back there all that stuff we we learn that you know she understands and she understands the the depth of war and what happens there but also has this connection with john where she respects him enough sort of as a, a leader general whatever you want to see in the in the militaristic sort of hierarchy there where he's he's telling her do this save the people and leave me and she respects it enough for it to happen so you know there's an additional connection there between them that that i think is established that all that does is just add more to that relationship and begins to deepen those two things together. And it's interesting because this is a Hawk Girl spotlight episode, but a lot of her storyline uh, up until we get to the, of course, the finale of season two is very much intertwined with Jon Stewart. It's very much, you know, it's, it's her actions and interactions ultimately leading to, you know, this, what would become a romance, the Hawk Lantern as the shippers <laughs> call it. So, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, it's, it's another episode. It's hard. It's a difficult episode, uh, you know, to, to sort of swallow as you're experiencing it. But I think, I think getting that depth of character and her having this interaction to try and explain to flash, you know, what the cost of war really is. I think, um, uh, you know, adds, adds more to her character and did, did a good service to that, to, add a little subtle depth to the, the relationship with john
1: absolutely and i, I think there's there's uh, some other some other standout moments in that episode of course is the uh when the, the black hawks show up we get a lot of the various world war ii era dc characters in that episode but hawk girl getting to fly along the uh, the black hawks in, in one of those incredible battle sequences uh is, is a really really fun scene and and her sort of uh, bonding with some of those uh those characters i think is is quite a bit of fun that actually gets to come back a little bit later on in justice league unlimited but uh and then yeah that just that the final moments of that episode as it looks like uh, you know the good guys are about to win and the martian manhunter sort of has the the psychic revelation that john stewart is aboard vandal savage's ship and that there might be a chance to uh, to save him after all, and that he wasn't, he won't be left behind as the Justice League sort of scrambles to get back to the uh, back to the future, as it were, and uh, and she of course goes and, and makes the save for for John in, in that moment as as uh, at the at the last second there is it's great and it, it does really show and it, it's funny because I I think yeah before we had done this show I think if you had asked me I would have said they didn't really start. Hammering the Hawk Girl and Green Lantern stuff until way later in the show, probably into season two. But it's very, very clear here that almost going back to the you know the the fourth and fifth episodes of the series, as we talked about in Blackest Night, that this was clearly something they had an idea that they wanted to uh, to pay off down the road with with their relationship. And yeah, I think I think that shows that from where we start in in Secret Origins. Uh, all the way through to Savage Time, we we begin to see that she isn't just the warrior, she isn't just the swing the mace first, ask questions later character that she sort of, and uh, and her relationship with Jon Stewart was kind of a way to explore that. Uh, before, we, uh, before we get to some of her other uh, appearances in things like merchandise and comic books, I will just mention there were obviously uh, other episodes that she appeared in, However, she didn't really have a spotlight in those episodes, so uh, she was she was sort of one of the team in, involved in the battles, but with not not as much to do. She, of course, also appeared in, to, in addition to all the episodes we talked about. She was, of course, in Injustice for All, Parts 1 and 2. She is in Brave and the Bold, Part 2. And uh, yeah, there's so there's a, and I think we briefly touched on it, but of course, Fury, Parts 1 and 2, which... We have uh, not yet reviewed on our show, but we certainly will get to down the line, probably in another characters themed month. Uh, spoiler yeah. alert, but <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think I, it's interesting looking at looking at season one, and and obviously before we before we move on to those extracurriculars, um, you already mentioned her a little bit, but we have to of course talk about the the woman lending her her incredible voice talents to Shaira. Uh, and that, of course, being Maria Canales, or she's now known Maria Canals Pereira, and uh, uh, who folks would know as the uh, the commentator or the uh, the interviewer on Static Shock and nothing else. Uh, <laughs> just kidding, of course. She was the mom on Wizards of Waverly Place and has done a lot of other TV and film work. But uh, yes, we, of course, know her best as Shaira. And again, I think her performances, like the Hawk girl character, I think she's maybe you can say that okay maybe she starts out she's a little woman she I I will say she had the 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 battle cry. Oh ha. Yep. She had that down from day 1. No yeah. doubt about that. Absolutely. Um but I but I think and that's probably also part of just what the material she was being given as an actor was but if you compare her to maybe the first couple of episodes when she's more in that you know in that mode of just being the 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 hot-headed warrior Who's, who's swinging the big weapon around to, to the end of that first season where she's having this confrontation with the Flash or where she's sort of showing this, this affection and this, uh, you know, this care for, for Green Lantern. And I think you really begin to see her, her talents as an actor as the season goes on, just as we begin to learn more about Hawkgirl through the, through the narrative.
0: Yeah, I, absolutely. I, I can remember, especially early on um, in some of those early episodes that we were a little bit critical uh, of her performance. Not that it was bad. I don't think it was it, it brought anything down, but we definitely, I think, had a higher expectation or you know, we, we knew that there was better work ahead for her. And I remember those statements being specifically made, I think, yes. in some of those earlier episodes, maybe even uh, in Blackest Night. So knowing that there's knowing that it does continually like she really steps into the into the shoes of the character as she goes on um she gets more comfortable and some of that also might be that they added this added the dimension to the character it wasn't just headstrong warrior character when you start adding the dimension and she begins building sort of that chemistry uh, with phil lamar's john stewart and you know you you she just gets into the voice acting a little bit more and understanding who the character is and you start adding heart to this character that allows you to to kind of be a little less robotic or a little less emotionless um so i think that that some of those stories further down the line especially season two and then of course ultimately when she makes her return in justice league unlimited those are when she really gets to shine Uh, you know so when we when we get to cover those things and then next uh hot girl spotlight episode then you know we'll we'll probably talk more about the stronger performances there but uh liam i guess looking at the moments here from from just season one here if you had to pick one as your favorite one episode uh featuring her or maybe uh because of a single moment in one of those episodes what would be your uh what would be your highlight from season one
1: yeah, I think it's, I almost have two answers to this because I, I do, you know, I really, really adore The Savage Time. I think it's such a tremendous epic and 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 everybody has, I think, kind of a one or two very cool character moments. There's stuff for a lot of our leaguers to do in that episode it isn't just, it's not one of those episodes where it feels like uh, you could have given this dialogue to any of them. They're all just kind of taking terms, say an exposition. Like there's a lot of very specific stuff going on that, a lot of those characters get to uh get to explore and 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 so i think i think i would say the savage time because you have that arc like i said of, of hawker leaving him behind of her sort of being guilted and and being sort of accused uh of leaving the man behind by the flash and her sort of ha- having to take him by the arm and, and show him the this you know this uh, camp full of injured and 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 desperate soldiers who who they sort of had to look out for her. and then and then that final moment like i said as she she makes the save for john in the 11th hour and and they kind of have some 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 cute uh, quippy dialogue and uh, as uh, as she saves him right at the end there
0: green lantern i'm sorry we didn't have time to tell you we lost no, he's here on board that plane what I had to fix my hair.
1: I think that one probably stands out for me. What about you?
0: Well, if you're going to go with two, I also am going to take two because all is fair here on the DCAU. <laughs> uh, I will say, so I think as far as action is concerned, it's hard to beat that fight between her and the Green Lantern Corps. Like, it's just so fun. <laughs> the, the idea yeah, yeah. that she really makes a fool of these, these Green Lanterns, these most powerful uh, you know, warriors of the galaxy, the the space cops themselves, and she's here handling herself with a magic mace, and uh, and really, really kicking some tail and making them look look extremely foolish. I think that's fun, um, but I think as far as for an emotional beat, I, I think that the the consolation at the end of Legends, like I said, that episode, I love that episode. That episode's near and dear to my heart, and I think just having that last little moment at the end. Um, With John sort of being so melancholy and so so upset, and her her sort of comforting him and and allowing him to grieve the loss, even though it was you know he he's he's kind of beating himself up about it, like they weren't real people why am I so sad, and and her. You know recognizing hey this was an experience you had you had this it's okay to grieve and i'm going to stand here with you while you do so just she she validates
1: his feelings in that moment like she lets him know that it's okay to be you know to be vulnerable and to be accept that he doesn't have to be the you know the stoic soldier in that moment
0: and Absolutely. Which, again, doing that for her gives further dimension to the the GL character. So the, that symbiotic sort of relationship between these two characters throughout the series, uh, really, they, they did a great job of feeding off each other and giving uh, each character. The, the writing from from the writers of this whole whole series, like continuing to flesh out those characters throughout and give them moments like this was a, was a great opportunity. So those are my two favorites.
1: I love that. Yeah, and uh, from there, Cal, we will look into some of the uh, other appearances she made in DCAU media. Not, of course, uh, where we won't go too super in-depth on the comic books here. We might save that for volume two, but of course she did appear in uh, just about every issue of the Justice League Adventures tie-in book, uh, which ran for 34 issues. There are some uh, standout issues with her on the cover, like issue 22 and uh, issue 27 uh so there are certain things that i think we might come back to uh, later on and certainly when we look at the tie-in stuff for for jlu there will be more to talk to about her there but hawk girl actually uh this uh this version of hawk girl with the the full beak there the winged mask and the and the actual sort of superhero costume was able to produce a lot of uh, a lot of a fair amount of merchandise uh we did have a Happy Meal toy from, I believe it was Burger King. Am I, am I remembering that right?
0: I think so. And there may have been a Subway one as well. I'm, I'm almost certain there was a Subway one as well.
1: I believe you're right there. So another one of those characters, the the Justice League Burger King uh, toys were, were pretty great. And they all came with the... Uh, a little mini comic as well so you had to. it was really a, a struggle to kind of collect them all plus there was a javelin toy, so there was eight toys you had to get <laughs> so uh it was uh, i remember if i seem to remember the hawk girl and this might have been the subway one but it was like almost like a full-size action figure but like on a stick and it had a little button to press that you could like flap the wings on i don't remember if that's the burger king one or if that's the uh if that's the other one, but uh,
0: I, think, I think that is—I'm—I'm I'm fairly certain that is the Burger King one. There was like, and the—the one—the one from Subway is a little like three and three-quarter inch tall. It had the mace molded into her hand, and her arms did move up and down. Um, it actually paired nicely. I believe there was a there was at least a green lantern figure from that series as well so you could pair the mm. the, the hawk lantern romance and you're in your three and three quarters series <laughs> uh but yeah so those those uh those that hawk girl was interesting too because uh they ultimately ended up being a lot of hawk girl merchandise but at least in the initial run for the justice league action figures so the original seven the mattel figures that came out and this is me transitioning into talking about the mattel figures but Mm -hmm. the initial release of the hot girl figure was not with the original six uh, they, they did they did a, a release of these these justice League figures they all came with stands and these uh, lenticular cards that that you stood behind them you, uh, they mm-hmm. all had logos on the bases and it spelled out Justice League however uh, noticeably absent when they they revealed these at Toy Fair was Hawk Girl and the bases themselves spelled out justice League without Hawk Girl so there was a long time where, there was sort of up in the air are they going to release her why didn't they release her with the original original set and this was at a time from my recollection and hearing hearing thoughts on this is this was a time where toy executives believed that girl action figures would not sell therefore mm-hmm. they could not have a wonder woman action figure and a hot girl figure on the pegs at Walmart and Target because they might become peg warmers because little boys wouldn't want to play with (laughs) action figures so which is interesting because clearly little boys would also not want stands to put their figures on and necessarily uh (laughs) find that a functional a functional uh feature of your action figure but you included them in all of these these toys so i don't quite understand that uh, method but regardless they eventually did release hawk girl and she did come with her own lenticular card and stand it was simply just a it didn't have any letters onto it but it did connect with the other uh the other six so uh, she was delayed but she because she was delayed and separate from the uh the other figures and and at the the next couple of series were mostly repaints uh in these exotic costumes like most action mm-hmm. figure sets tended to be but uh because she was an original character and there was a lot of demand for her to complete your Justice League. She was extremely hard to find, ironically, <laughs> because she would not stay on the pegs. So uh, that, that strategy from those toy execs, which thankfully I, I'm pretty sure has gone away in 2021. Uh, but regardless, uh, the, that strategy backfired at the time
1: yeah that is that is really fascinating i I had completely forgotten I remember that they had the stand and the cards but I had completely forgotten that it was that the the justice League was already spelt out with the first six figures and that that uh Hawk girls that uh, didn't actually have any words on it with her with her seventh figure because I do remember having those stands and of course we were you know I was still at the age where I was playing with these toys when we got them I didn't really care about displaying them so I do remember thinking it was kind of strange that they had uh the six of them and I I my also memories of that set and this is kind of a this is a whole different like bonus episode we'll do uh sometime next year maybe but like I just always remember there there not being a ton of villains in that original Justice League line so you had a lot of a lot of heroes and repaints of Superman and Batman but yeah Hawkgirl was uh was few and far between in that uh in that original set she did also have a I believe a one repaint herself the deluxe uh, silver storm hawk girl figure um i would say though maybe is she the first figure in that justice league line to come with an accessory though because she I comes know. with her mace
0: i believe so yeah that would be something that would come that would come along later on but even wonder woman in that first original uh, series from mattel did not have her lasso green lantern didn't have a a, a lantern um batman no batarangs they were just the action figures and the stand and to me nowadays if if an exec i think looked at an action figure and you're looking at value uh, with your toys especially appealing to collectors and children i think accessories are something that you look at and maybe you would do away with the uh, the display stand that didn't really function very well anyway because the figures all had bad rubber legs that would fall over and, you know, the joints, <laughs> joints by their ankles didn't necessarily stand, stand very well. So, uh, yeah, nobody, nobody else had a, an accessory with the exception of, uh, of, of her. Yeah. She was the first one. And then of course, down the line, there would be additional, you know, accessories and, uh, various functions that, uh, that other figures would start to come with, but yeah, she was the first one to come with her own individual accessory, that being the mace. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that was, that's, that was uh, that was first established in the line uh, by by hawker herself.
1: Very cool little bit of a his, toy history there for you. She of course also from Mattel had the twelve inch figure, um, which uh, which came out would have come out around that same time. And and those uh,
0: figures, by the way, those twelve inch figures, they're made of vinyl. Mm-hmm. Um, you can probably get you can get most of them for relatively cheap uh, nowadays. Probably less than. Less than twenty dollars a piece for most of them. Hawk girl mm-hmm. again, ironically, because I think she came out later, was one of the ones that was more sought after. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she she tends to be a, a one of the more expensive ones nowadays. Probably looking, you know, between thirty and fifty dollars. Last time I, I looked. But those figures themselves, even though they lack articulation, their arms are the only things that really move. Uh, Their legs sort of swivel uh, at at the joints that they're on, but their arms are really the only things that move. Those things, I think, to this day are some of the best representations of DCAU artwork. Uh, they are They were sculpted originally as the maquettes that DC Direct had had put out. and then they Mattel took those sculpts and actually gave them some articulation. That's why the they the, the look so true to the actual, artwork is that you had real artists that were that made these as statues originally and then they adapted the statues into into larger figures as and then, uh, you know, put them in, in for, up for resale in in big box stores so uh those figures themselves i have i have the full set of of the seven plus uh an aquaman and a and a, a green arrow but those figures themselves you have to have some room to store them but i i think when you put them all on display together it's just it's just chef's kiss like great representation of the justice league and, and bruce tint that bruce tim style of artwork is uh were those figures
1: Absolutely. And then uh, sort of getting into the the less uh, playable uh, accessories or, or Hawkgirl merch that came out of those initial seasons of Justice League, we did have a eight and a half inch uh, Hawkgirl maquette statue uh, put out by, by DC Direct there. Uh, just kind of, again, kind of her, her character model pose, uh, not even holding the, the mace there, but I think all of the, the seven members of the Justice League had statues like this. Um, there's also a, uh, I believe, a, what they call a a wall plaque. It's kind of a, it's just her torso. that <laughs> uh, also, uh, and I guess you would hang on your wall theoretically, uh, and uh, and a couple of, I believe, Diamond Select had a couple of uh, busts, and uh, as well as uh, I think a full a full figured uh, statue that came a little bit later on. But probably the the main event would be the DC Universe store exclusives See dc universe used to have more than just comic books on it all not that i'm saying that it that it as it exists now is bad it's a wonderful service it's the best but, uh, it
0: truly is <laughs> it's, it's
1: a great resource for us especially when we're doing things like this um but uh but it, uh, at its launch i think dc sort of envisioned it being a little bit of a bigger uh, money maker for them Not only did they have a lot of shows and movies loaded on there for you to watch, but they also had an exclusive store that was going to have exclusive merchandise that you could buy. And uh, wouldn't you know it, included in that exclusive store was a Justice League set that involved, I believe, the original seven members and Aquaman, funny enough uh seems like he always ended up being the extra guy in (laughs) in these uh in these various sets we're talking about but uh but uh, we did in fact get a another hawk girl as represented in the original justice league series figure with that dc direct slash dc collectibles release
0: yeah, that whole line, unfortunately. the So the the Batman and Superman sculpts, I think, stand out as really great. And again, we'll talk about, maybe have the opportunity to talk about that at another time. Uh, we also briefly touched on it on the uh, DC Directrospective that we covered uh, about a year ago, which you can hear in the archives, bonus episodes uh, at dcaureview.com or on your favorite podcast app. But that whole set, unfortunately, was a victim, I'm pretty sure, of some cost cutting. I don't have any solid evidence Evidence that supports that but uh that that they were they were in the vein of the dc comics line the the batman the animated series and the new batman adventures line that had spawned a uh superman the animated series set and a batman beyond set so uh, people were very excited to to get these figures in in three-dimensional form to kind of go along uh side their other dcau figures and Unfortunately, they were riddled with issues. Not only were budget cuts probably an issue, they didn't come with stands. They didn't come Mm -hmm. with any accessories. So Hawker does not have a mace. Uh, you know, and that was kind of the standout for a lot of those DCAU figures were the things that the accessories that they came with, they yes. were very show accurate episode specific accessories that kind of added that extra value and it sort of softened the blow of paying $30 or, or you know $25 for an action figure it's like okay, I get it it's a limited it's a limited run it's not a big box store. You know, it's a very niche of a, of a collectible, but look at all the cool things that come with it. Look at this stand, look at these uh, show-specific accessories. And these figures, mm-hmm. including the Hawkerl, didn't have any of those, which angered a lot of people, um, including myself. It's Unfortunately, to this day, it's one of the biggest disappointments, I think, ultimately, is that set looks good on the shelf together, but it you know it looks like they're missing some things so I ended up taking a uh, the mace the mace from the the 12 inch hawk girl that I have actually uh fit and in, in, in scale with that hot girl pretty well. So mm-hmm. uh she I ended up uh she's holding that on my shelf because it, it she just looks a little naked uh without that uh without that there but <laughs> Yeah, that was that. And I think uh, simultaneously or right around there, uh, Eagle Moss Hero Collective also did a line of uh, mini statues that they they did a whole series of Batman animated series. And then they they also did the whole Justice League run as well. So there was I believe there was a Hawkgirl from that. That one also mm-hmm. does. That one does have a mace, but Correct. <laughs> But the, the yeah the DC DC collectibles uh, final run of those figures and those actually ended up being on in some of the the online retailers they were on Amazon for a little while I think you can probably get a couple of them still on Amazon and uh, and uh, I think at some of the other the other online re- e e retailers collector spots uh, ended up getting some of them as well but yeah it was a big big disappointment because people were hoping for more and they just literally paid, you know, 25, 30 bucks and, and got an action figure in a box. And that was about it. But uh, honestly, though, if you're going to a convention, maybe, and 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 Maria Canales uh, Barrera is there, that might be one that you want to take to get signed because there's a nice window box that you can kind of get a nice yellow signature on maybe or something. Um, so if, if, if you're looking to display it in the box with a signature, maybe that might be the go to for a, a signature, but otherwise unless you're a completist it's it was kind of a swing and a miss and she has very tiny ankles because it's a bruce Timm style drawn <laughs> figure, and uh and therefore makes it makes it very difficult for her to stand and her wings were incredibly difficult to get on because they're made of it's made of a very rock-hard plastic uh, so that that also, if you're if you're doing that, if you pick this up, uh, get a hair dryer and uh, heat up the heat up the pegs a little bit first, just uh, soften the plastic a little bit so you don't break them. Because that's that's the other thing; they are notoriously uh, very very fragile as well.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Just another pro tip: make sure it's it's paint pen. You want a paint pen if you get something signed. By the way, yes. that's just that doesn't have anything to do with Hot Girl. <laughs> but Sharp, Sharpie is, it might look okay in the moment, but it'll fade a little quicker. You get a nice paint pen, shake it up first. And then have the person sign it. You won't regret it. Just a little. Just that's a little little signing pro tip uh, for uh, for everybody again. Not not to do specifically with Hawkgirl, but uh, if you happen to be getting some, something signed by by Maria Canales or or anyone else, uh, that's it. That's a good pro tip for you. But yeah, Cal, that will begin to wrap us up for this Hawkgirl Spotlight Volume One. I think she, uh, like we said, I, I think there's obviously her biggest moments will come in. Uh, future installments of this spotlight series as she has a lot going on in the second season of Justice League and then into the some of the final episodes of Justice League Unlimited uh, later on so there will be plenty more to talk about Miss Shaira Hall in the future but uh, I had a great time looking uh, strolling down memory lane through quite a few episodes that we've covered some very recently and some not so recently so it's uh, it's been great fun here.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and again, I think looking at the poll and the characters that we had up sort of earlier on in the month, uh, I I think that we were both pleasantly surprised that uh, that Hawkgirl ended up winning because she is a character that is sort of when you think of the seven, it probably is the seventh one that comes to mind. So a lot of times she she can be an afterthought, but obviously looking through all of these episodes and seeing what a what a pivotal character that she was to this series and and you know what an important part she is ultimately to she's pretty much the linchpin for Justice League Unlimited because without without what ultimately her character story arc happens uh, if that, without that happening there there would be no no reason for the the Justice League Unlimited to exist so to speak so uh, she's she plays a very pivotal role not only in her in her romance but certainly her character you know as a whole and and introducing fans that maybe uh, were we're lesser lesser aware of who she was to a character that uh that actually ends up being pretty fun so um yeah enjoyed doing this this week and uh excited uh to uh to talk about uh, what we'll be covering next week
1: absolutely cal so next week as mentioned we will have no new episode next saturday that is, of course, because that will be Christmas Day, so there will not be a regular episode for you guys next week. However, we did not leave you completely out in the cold, so to speak. Uh, first, of, first and foremost, speaking of cold, you may or may not have already seen uh, earlier this week, we dropped our latest bonus episode where we covered... Not only the season finale of Batman The Adventures Continue Season 2, Issue 7, but of course we also covered the Robin Mr. Freeze Christmas story in the DC holiday one shot, so make sure you check out that bonus episode. But of course, next week, we'll have another special bonus for you. And this will be sort of in running with the theme that we started last Christmas, last holiday season, which is a commentary track that you will be able to listen along to. And this time, it'll be for the episode Comfort and Joy, speaking of Justice League.
0: That's right. Hey, it's again, it's like we planned it. Um, Yeah, (laughs) you know, this is another classic one, another 22 minute episode that has the distinction of being the only one part episode in the entire justice league run and uh lamb it's a holiday classic it's one of your favorites we had the opportunity to cover it uh, a few years back and do, do an actual review of it i'm pretty sure you gave it uh gave it close to if not a perfect score as well it's definitely in our in our top pick sesh, section so uh if you want to review that this week in in uh while you're waiting for us to drop that episode feel free to do so you can check it out in the archives at dcaureview.com or your favorite podcast app Uh, go back and listen to some of the fun that we had covering that episode and our thoughts on that and then uh, this week uh, we'll be dropping that uh, that commentary track so you actually be able to watch it along with us as uh as we commentate and kind of uh you know just enjoy the season together so looking forward to doing that Liam we had a lot of fun last year with our Christmas with the Joker commentary and uh we're we're bringing back that uh that idea again that concept this week again. So very excited to do that with you and uh, can't wait.
1: Absolutely, Cal. Thank you everybody so much for listening to this episode and all our episodes. Uh, as we sort of approach the end of the year, we have uh, definitely seen some some growth as far as response to our episodes this year on our Instagram and our Twitter at DCAU Review, as well as people reaching out directly through our, our sort of podcast main hub site on anchor and uh, as well as spotify and other places that you can reach out to us but definitely hit us up at DCAU review uh on instagram or twitter let us know your favorite hawk girl moment uh from this season one here are there uh hawk girl toys or, or hawk girl uh comic books specifically that you'd think uh deserve a shout in the in the next spotlight episode we do about her definitely let us know on those ads, and uh, whether or not you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or perhaps uh, you are watching/slash listening on the Pod Tower YouTube channel. Uh, we appreciate you uh, if you have the time and uh, the and can do so. Please uh, do leave us a five star review or click like or whatever your whatever the app you're listening on lets lets you do to uh, say that you like the pod that you're listening to. We would appreciate if you took the time to do that. We know that's a little bit of a time sink for you, but we uh, it does help us out uh, tremendously. And we love interacting with everybody here. And we're looking forward to a new year. And, uh, and hopefully this one will be better than the last. (laughs) And, uh, and of course we will in fact have that commentary coming for you next week during the week of Christmas, which you will be able to enjoy. And uh, yeah, happy holidays, everyone. And uh, as we begin to wrap up here though, Cal, before we uh, say our final farewells, we did have a very special shout out that we needed to send out to a specific fan who interacts with us quite regularly on, I believe on our Instagram page, at dcau review who uh really went above and beyond this year
0: yeah absolutely i wanted to give a shout out to cameron wanted to thank him uh a very loyal listener uh to us and has been a supporter for quite a long time uh as as you said very very often interacts with us on our instagram posts and was very kind enough to send us both a, uh, a gift this year. We, uh, we got some really incredible Batman, the animated series mugs with some original artwork on it. And, uh, just, just fantastic. It was very kind of him to, to send them out to us and, and, uh, really, really just kind of made my day. I just, I'm blown away by it. So, uh, the fact that, uh, if, if I, I told him and, and to all of our listeners not to get, not to get, uh, get super serious here, but if we can provide any sort of distraction or any sort of uh, joy in your life uh, from the real world that sometimes is very very difficult and very very uh, very very painful if we can give you a little bit of distraction from that something healthy that you can sit back and enjoy some nostalgia with us or if we can make you laugh or make you smile with a tweet or an instagram post or a caption or something like that I, I would say that uh, you know the temptation in, in in podcasting is to measure your success on how many people listen to it or how many people respond or how many people interact with your posts but honestly uh if if we made you laugh or smile or you know made your life even the slightest bit easier this year uh then i think we count that as a success liam absolutely i'm just
1: completely blown away by by uh, cameron in, in specific here and and like i said just uh just the interactions we have people people have very deeply personal memories of of these shows that we review, and I love hearing them and, and reading about them, and the fact that you you know that uh, fellow DCAU fans are are willing to share those those personal memories with us, uh, you know we don't take that lightly, and we appreciate you sharing part of your lives with us, and for letting us be a part of your lives, and uh, it's it's definitely something that we, we really appreciate and uh, and we look forward to hopefully continuing to bring you guys stuff that you can enjoy and stuff that you can uh you know you can listen to and, and maybe forget about the real world for for a half hour 45 minutes every week so they're a little bit longer for being honest but once again thank you everybody for listening and until next time i'm liam and i'm cal and we'll be back soon in the new year with more episodes of the DCAU review
0: merry christmas happy holidays Happy New Year. John, we now are game a barrel. Fala la, la la, 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 la. la.